Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome everyone to Friday Night Live with uh, with beautiful guests that will be joining us today, inshallah, from across the world. I want to welcome everyone. Ahlan wa sahlan, marhaban bikum. As you all, brothers and sisters uh, who have been watching and following Miftah, we are so grateful for all, to all of you for all your du'as, all your support, all your words of comfort. They've been they've mean so much to us. They've been so much support to all of us. Jazakumullah khaira. Um, I'd like to Jen, start off. Your, your screen is a little blurry. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's just it's just lagging a little bit. Okay, why don't you talk? I'll I'll just come back in a second. Okay. <clears throat> Assalamu alaikum wa wabarakatuh everyone. Hope everyone is doing well, inshallah. Um, as Sheikh Abdullah reloads his screen, um, we will introduce the program for tonight. Where um, we're blessed to have, um, inshallah, Sheikh Umar Suleiman, um, the, 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 for us, not just a great scholar, a great Sheikh, a legend, um, but also a very close friend of Sheikh Abdullah Mufti Abdul Rahman, who supported us in our family at a very difficult time. Um, he actually joined us for the janazah, so um, he'll also be joining us today. And uh, we also have Muhammad Tariq from Egypt, the Munshid that joined us in the past. He will also be joining us today, inshallah, to recite some poems about the love of the Prophet. Uh, not just because it's the month of Rabi'ul Awwal, but especially because of this, of this blessed month, but also because he enjoys singing poems about the Prophet. Um, and um, we have both of them. And then you have Sheikh Abdullah with you as well, who is uh, your host for today. Uh, inshallah, we'll have a beautiful event together. Um, Bijan, it's uh, it's a little more clear, but I'm yeah, not sure. I, I'm looking. I'm looking on my phone. I see that you're a little blurry. Okay, I think I think both of us are a little blurry then. But um, uh, Bijan, won't you introduce Muhammad Tariq? Inshallah, so let him start, and while we will figure our screens out, Inshallah. Okay. Um, okay. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Everyone, again. Uh, Thank you for joining us, and if you can uh, stay on on with us while we go through this uh, foggy screen, and we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to make everything easy and remove the blurry that's in our screen right now. Uh, thank you again, everyone, for joining, and uh, we want to get right into the program. We have the beautiful artist, uh, singer, one of the most talented, mashallah, in the world, and he recites the poems of the Prophet so well. Uh, his name is Brother Muhammad Tariq. I'm going to bring him onto the screen. Ahlan wa sahlan, ahlan wa sahlan, marhaban bikum. Ahlan wa sahlan, Sidi. Kif halak, kila khbor? Alhamdulillah, wallahi sa'idna kathiran. Alhamdulillah. We are so fortunate. That Brother Muhammad Tariq is joining us all the way from Cairo, Egypt. And yes. he was with us a few months ago and he recited so beautiful and his voice, Arwa Sot, Arwa Sot, Fil Alam. We'll reward you. Inshallah, as we, he's here now, we inshallah will have him start beautiful Arabic um, poetry and lines. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept, soften our hearts. And make this night a means of our forgiveness and everyone that is watching and listening. Jazakumullah khair. Bismillah. Jazakumullah khair. Jazakumullah khair. Jazakumullah khair. Jazakumullah khair. Jazakumullah khair. Jazakumullah khair.
كل القلوب إلى الحبيب تميل ومعي بهذا شاهد ودليل أما الدليل إذا ذكرت محمدا صارت دموع العاشقين تسيل كل القلوب إلى الحبيب تميل ومعي بهذا شاهد ودليل أما الدليل إذا ذكرت محمدا صارت دموع العاشقين تسيل يا سيد الكونين يا علم الهدى هذا المتيم في حماك نزيل لو صادفتني من لدنك عناية آل أزور طيبة والنخيل جميل يا سيد الكونين يا علم الهدى هذا المتيم في حماك نزيد لو صادفتني من لدنك عناية لأزور طيبة والنخيل جميل كل القلوب إلى الحبيب تميل ومعي بهذا شاهد ودليل أما الدليل إذا ذكرت محمدا صارت دموع العاشقين تسيل صلى الله عليه وسلم ما شاء الله يا حبيبي ما شاء الله That was beautiful, Bijan. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, Bijan, am I looking okay now? Is that better uh, anymore? You look fine. Do I look all right? Okay. You look okay too. Alhamdulillah. Uh, Brother Muhammad, uh, I just wanted to Bijan, let the crowd know that um, the um, Bijan, you're still a little blurry. Um, just want to let the crowd know and the audience know that Alhamdulillah Brother Muhammad um, Initially uh, he was brought on a few months ago by the request of my younger brother um, Shaykh Abdul Rahim Rahimahullah I was telling Brother Muhammad right before the program that he one day came to me and said uh, You know Bajan, you know, can you call uh, Muhammad Tariq? And I said, you know, I, I, I know him but I've not really 
um, you know, listen to him much. He's like, no, no, he's he's, he's amazing, and he sings this um, nasheed on on the hamd of the Prophet wasallam, kullu al-qulub. Um, and I said, okay, you know what? I'll start reaching out. And Alhamdulillah, got in touch with him, and his and his um, and he was able to join us the first time. And my brother was extremely, extremely um, happy. He was yafrah jidda. He was watching from upstairs, and he was so happy with my mother. Um, and then um, the day before his shahada, on Sunday night, um, he was listening to this nasheed kullul qulub over and over and over again. You know. Alhamdulillah, and now inshallah he's listening to um, things far more melodious inshallah in the voices of Jannah with those that are with him um, and, and, and inshallah I'm sure he's uh, you'll still enjoy your nasheed still inshallah and your poetry may Allah bless you for your for your voice and for your for your poems Mufti uh, Sheikh Abdul Rahim Rahmatullah loved loved Muhammad Muhammad Tariq's poems whenever I travel with him he would always play Kullul Qulub, like you said, all the time, all the time. Yeah, and Amen, amen. Bismillah, we'll have you sing more. Bismillah, tafaddal, bismillah. Can we start the next one, inshallah? Mawlaya, salli wa sallim daiman abadan ala Habibika khayril khalqi kool dihimi Muhammadun Sayyidul Kawnayni wa Thaqalay Muhammadun Sayyidul Kawnayni wa Thaqalay Walfari Qayni min Urubin wa min Ajamin Mawla ya salli wa sallim daiman abadan ala Habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Thumma al-rida an Abi Bakirin wa an Umarin Thumma al-rida an Abi Bakirin wa an
قمر زدنا النبي قمر وجميل 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 سيدنا النبي وجميل محمد نبينا بنور هدينا من مكة حبيبي نور سطى المدينة صلى صلاته حلف صفاته يا بخت اللي تظله ما محمد السلام عليك يا يا رسول الله السلام عليك يا حبيبي يا نبي الله السلام عليك يا يا رسول الله السلام عليك يا حبيبي يا نبي الله يا رسول الله ما شاء الله ما شاء الله صلوا على الحبيب صلى الله عليه وسلم عليه الصلاه والسلام so many car rides كنا في السفر دائما يستمعوا هذا الاناشيد دائما منك و سفرنا ما بعد في هذا الزمان ونسمع هذه هؤلاء الناشيد والله الحمد لله الحمد لله وعندنا you know we have we have these memories with Sheikh Abdul Rahim that every time we would travel we would listen to this beautiful nasheed on Salawat Anabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. My brother loved Salawat Anabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and nothing brings you know peace like into the heart than sending Salawat Anabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And especially in times of difficulty and you know in pain, we not only have the life of the Prophet to give us comfort, but we also all have his name. Muhammad brings so much comfort to our hearts. And Brother Muhammad Tariq is bringing so much joy and comfort to the hearts of many people. Um, so I don't want to, you know, your voice is far more melodious and attractive than my voice. So I don't want to be the one speaking and we need نستمع من صوتك الجميل الرائع إن شاء الله بسم الله What else you have? ما عندك إن شاء الله أنا أنا أريد أن أنشد أنشودة في يعني تكون تعزية لحبيبي أخي عبد الرحيم وإن شاء الله تكون يعني نتذكر نتذكر عبد الرحيم بهذه الأنشودة وندعو الله سبحانه وتعالى أن أن يغفر له ذنوبه يا رب العالمين so Brother, Tariq, Brother Muhammad Tariq is, um, I asked him what's next, and he said that he wants to uh, sing a poem in condolence uh, to our family uh, after the demise of our beautiful, beloved brother, Abdul Rahim, Sheikh Abdul Rahim. So he's going to recite something in Arabic, and I just hope it doesn't make me cry. So I'm going to leave the screen, inshallah. <clears throat> فرش التراب يضرني 
فقيدنا الشيخ عبد الرحيم وانا عرفت اليوم بانه توفى وعرفت بهذا الخبر المحزن جدا وحزنت كثيرا جدا جدا والله واتمنى اتمنى من الله سبحانه وتعالى ان نتقابل كما هو يحبني في الله ويحب صوتي اتمنى من الله سبحانه وتعالى ان يجمعني واياه في الجنه باذن الله تعالى و مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم هو السبب الذي جعلنا نجتمع على على حبه جزاكم الله خير brother محمد طالق just recited a poem that عفاسي recited originally on the grave and it's about the darkness of the grave and the family leaving the deceased alone at the grave it's so it's so powerful that I, I, I've never, you know, poured dirt over someone that I love so much before in my life. You know, our parents are alive. I know parents who have lost their loved ones. 
Prophet Umar will be joining us today. And uh, Allah yarham Ummah. May Allah have mercy on his mother and grant her the highest levels. He he knows the pain of you know losing a mother, and there's so many people who are watching tonight who have lost loved ones and relatives. It's unbelievable, you know, when we go to the graveyard, we're just so used to just you know tabarrukan grab some dirt and pour it over the over the grave. It's totally different when you have your brother, and not just a brother, your baby brother, someone that I I taught Quran to, and someone that I watched him grow. I taught him everything except for the board stuff, skateboard, snowboard, you know, all those those um, I don't know what to call them. Those uh, the white man sport, you know. He he did he used to do that himself. Um, uh, he was the Tony Hawk of our family. He would do all, but everything else from from Quran, Arabic. He was my student. He was my baby, and I can't imagine my mother, my father, and uh, putting the dirt there, laying it down on for his body. And uh, even now, Mufti Dohab, when he goes to the grave and our family goes to the grave, it just, you know, it tears us apart. But we know that he's in a better place, inshallah. inshallah. And we ask Allah to have mercy on all those who have passed and left us and united in Jannah al-Firdaus. So this poem is about that. It's about how the family, wealth, everything stays back. And we are buried alone in, in the grave. We ask Allah to give us the actions where the grave becomes a, a means of our um, protection from the Allah, from the punishment of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Do you have anything else? هل عندك هل بقي شيء عندك؟ هذا هذا يكفي حتى لا يمل الناس مني ولا يكونون boring يعني إن شاء الله. لا نحن لا نمل أبدا. ما حنا عندنا استطاع أن نسمع طول الليل إن شاء الله. الله يكرمك يا رب عزك الله. ممكن نختم بأنشودة لو كان بيننا الحبيب صلى الله عليه وسلم. نعم نعم. والله بسم الله. بسم الله نحن منتظر. لو كان بيننا الحبيب لا القاصي والقريب من طيبة قبل المغيب طالبا قرب الحبيب بقربه النفس تطيب وتدعو الله فيجيب أنوار طه لا تغيب بلغنا لقاه يا مجيب لو كان بيننا الحبيب لدنا القاصي والقريب من طيبة قبل المغيب طالبا قرب الحبيب بقربه النفس 
تطيب وتدعو الله فيجيب أنوار طه لا تغيب بلغنا لقاه يا مجيب هداك الكون الرحيم رحمة الهادي القريب حديثك أنه العبيب جوارك الغصن الرطيب فدتك روحي يا حبيب محمد مكرم الغنيب بقربك الروح تطيب يا رحمة للعالمين يا حبيبي يا محمد يا طبيبي يا محمد أنت ذو الفضل المؤيد جل من صلى عليك يا حبيبي يا محمد يا طبيبي يا محمد أنت ذو الفضل المؤيد جل من صلى عليك صلى الله عليه وسلم جزاكم الله خير والله كلام شعر رائع جدا الله جزاكم الله خير اللهم اجمعنا مع حبيبه صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اسقنا من حوض الشريف يا رب العالمين لا تحرمنا شفاعته يا رب العالمين يا رب العالمين we want to thank brother محمد طارق so much your voice every time I hear it يعني يذكرني بأخي الصغير it reminds me of my brother and now I love you more you know I love your voice but now I have another reason to listen to you and inshallah you know we نحن ننظر لقاء الجنة inshallah ما بعد inshallah thank you so much we will inshallah ندعوك مرارا ان شاء الله في المستقبل ان شاء الله باذن الله تعالى على محمد جزاك الله خير ابو محمد الله يبارك ان شاء الله اللهم امين يا رب العالمين جزاكم الله خير مفتي عبد الوهاب اي سي ذات يو ار يو هاف مويست ايز واتري ايز يو بافت اب اند يو نو وين يو نو اف يو if, if you're going to cry, I'm going to take you off the screen. No, I'm not on the screen today, but you know I'm not on, man. It's just you, you on know, the picture. You, you and know, Shifa. And I, I don't think I want to do this without you. So I'm going to move you and bring you back and wipe your eyes, okay? Um, I want to bring my brother, Muftar Dohab, on. But I'm going to bring Sheikh Omar on first. He's our he's our guest. And uh, and then, inshallah, I'm going to bring Muftar Dohab, whether he likes it or not. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Sheikh. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah. Wonderful to see you. Alhamdulillah. I, I, I'm, I, we're so indebted to you, Sheikh, that um, you flew all the way down from Dallas uh, for the the funeral. You came to the body where we washed the body of my beloved brother, and you were there to comfort my mom. And then uh, my brothers, uh, Mufti Abdurrahman, I mean, uh, he, you hugged him so tight. 
and you gave him so much comfort and Sheikh Abdul Wahab and Sheikh Abdul Aziz that day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to give you the reward of this aza and throughout your life, Umar. And uh, I just wish people could see the person you are behind the screen. Amazing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. Then you came and uh, you spoke for my brother at the, at the funeral, at the janazah. And then you came to the graveyard. You, you made dua for him. And you didn't want to leave. And you keep on asking us, can I come back? Can I come back? And we, Muftad Rahman keeps on telling you to stay back in Dallas. You're doing so much work there. But, um, you know, you came, you, came, you came at the most difficult time of our life. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be with you at every step of your life, for your family, everything you've done for the world. It's sufficient. But um, this, what you did, was unbelievable. You came down, and so many people came down. May Allah reward them. Sorry. Alhamdulillah. It was an honor. You guys, um, you know, your your family. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you you five are a special bunch. So I, I got to spend the least time with um, Sheikh Abdul Rahim, Rahimullah Taala. I was even looking through the uh, pictures. He's always in the background, <laughs> always in khidmah, um, you know, subhanAllah. So he's always, even in the pictures that we have, right, always in the corner, picking something up, helping someone out. But um, uh, your family is a special family. Whoever does not thank the people does not thank Allah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward um, all, all of you. Uh, for what you give to us, the collective uh, of what you give to us. Uh, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward your parents, make things easy for them um, in these difficult moments. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of you. And may Allah, you know, I know when you when you guys go to the graveyard and say, Antum as-sabiqoon wa inna insha'Allah bukum nahiqoon. Following... Uh, your, your youngest one went first, but uh, he beat you to it. But he's inshallah ta'ala waiting for waiting for you guys. Waiting waiting for, for all of us, inshallah, with, with the Prophet them. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa to grant us a good ending and to join us with with them, with those special mm -hmm. people. Rather, mm -hmm. that you know, that janazah was uh was was such a testimony. It was such a testimony. So may Allah reward you and, um, you know, for reward all of you. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow our testimony to be of him, to be, to, for him to even be better and more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than he was to those that he left behind. May Allah mm -hmm. allow that testimony to be insufficient in describing his station with Allah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to comfort your hearts. And uh, just be comforted with all the people that are making dua for him, that are inspired by him. Um, and it's poetry. It's tragic poetry. You know, really, it's tragic poetry, subhanAllah. The video of him with his own poem. Uh, you know, the, the Nasheed Farshi Turab, um, the singer is actually Mashari Arada. And, and subhanAllah, he died in a car accident, rahimahullah, like two years ago. SubhanAllah, like that, that, that Nasheed, he was young. Um, I know he was just a, you know, he was he was a little older than me. I mean, he was a young guy, rahimahullah ta'ala. 
And I remember when he passed away, just being shocked because it's one of my favorite nasheeds. And I said, tragic poetry. Like that nasheed is just tragic poetry. Wow. That nasheed, you know, subhanAllah, who, who, how, would he have thought as he was singing that nasheed that he was talking about himself, right? Oh, like he would die just a few years later um, in his 30s. Uh, in a car accident, rahimahullah ta'ala. And um, yeah, so that nasheed and Hal Turana Naltaqi by Amin Qutub, rahimahullah. Those two nasheeds have, have, uh, have, have, have um, yeah, I've, I've listened to them quite a bit, subhanAllah. And I, I think they're good for the heart. It's good for people too. Of course, there's nothing better for the heart than the Quran. And some of these pure words, beautiful words, including the beautiful poem that was recited by. Sheikh Abdul Rahim Rahimullah Ta'ala. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا These names are not by accident. And Ar-Rahim is the especially, exclusively merciful. كَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا رَحْمَانٌ فِي الدُّنْيَا رَحِيمٌ فِي الْآخِرَةِ So we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that Abdul Rahim is receiving that special rahmah from Ar-Rahim. He was named Abdul Rahim. And... When, he, when it was written in the womb who he was and the day he would be born, the day he would die, he was Abdul Rahim. So Ar Rahim received him, received his soul back from this world and Bidanahi Ta'ala. We, we pray that Allah received him in the most beautiful of ways. I mean, to all of you, by the way. Uh, and I think the whole community owes you guys a lot. Your whole family is so selfless. You were even selfless at the Janazah. <laughs> this, you're such a family of khidmah. Uh, uh, you know, Mufti Abdurrahman was like checking on me whether I ate or not. And you guys had just buried your brother. So may Allah uh, reward you all. And that's a sign of your good parents too. So we tell auntie how special of a mom she is. I have never seen, uh, you know, you, you you mentioned her as a as a sahabiyah that walks on this earth. Uh, she she She's, what a woman your mother is. What a woman your mother is. Five hafad of Qur'an, five ulama, and five people that serve the community. What a woman your mother is. I've never seen a woman like that. May Allah bless her and comfort her. So we are the shuhada of Allah in this world uh, for you guys uh, and for Abdul Rahim. And we, 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 his, his smile was, was so beautiful. And uh, that smile was a smile of service. That wasn't a forced smile. <laughs> That was a that that's a beautiful smile that he had, and that was a smile of service. That was a smile of khidmah. Rahmatullahi alayhi. Sheikh Umar, I'm I'm trying to bring um I'm trying to bring Mufti Abdul Wahab on for a few minutes or at least a few seconds, and if you could um um if you don't mind. No. I'm just I'm just enjoying um um. Sheikh, um, I apologize for you know being a poor sport and not being a good host today. Um, you know we we've been hosting people for quite a bit on these different platforms and programs, and um, it used to always it's, it's it's very enjoyable. It's very honoring for us, Sheikh. I don't think um, we we have a more honorable host than yourself because not you know not not for any other reason that you don't know already but for that what you did for our family just just means so much to us but you know i don't want to i don't want to make the whole crowd cry and be me crying the entire time so uh, that's why i told Sheikh abdullah you take care of it but um you sheikh um you know for those that for those that know sheikh umar in front of the screen um you know that's that's good enough but um you know those phone calls those the, the text messages that's that's just 
it, it, it allows us to wake up in the morning and go to work, Sheikh. Um, so Jazakallah khair for that. Uh, when you call me and said to me that, you know, make sure you go to work and teach and, you know, play basketball. Sheikh, I haven't missed work since. Alhamdulillah, I've been teaching. I just haven't been able to do lives because <laughs> lives are a little bit more challenging for us, unfortunately. But Jazakallah for your words. Um, you know, I think in the live, Mufti Duhab, the whole world sees him cry. And when he comes in person in front of his students, just his students see him cry, and then he's okay with it. And uh, Mufti Duhab, yeah, and I said this to you at the Janazah, man. You know, he's the closest to you, and he's in a better place. He's 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 with Malaika. I know his, his absence can never be filled by me or anyone. You know, none of us were like a brother like he was to you, that's, without a doubt. But you, you know, the world is counting on you. You, you have, you're a sheikh, you're a teacher, you're a husband, you're running the institute. You can't keep on running it like this, man. You've got to wipe it off. And the world is, you know, there's so many other crying people in the world that need your comfort. How many more days can we see people's comfort? You know, there's so many crying people out there that need your comfort now. That need my, need us to stand up to give them support. You know, and of course, you know, it's just. Few days, few days, few weeks, and then we're going to be with him in Jannah. Sure. You know? I mean, no, we we have we, we have we have awesome brothers, man. We couldn't ask for a better older brother than yourself and Musa Abdul Rahman. And don't make me emotional. Don't make me emotional. So you guys are awesome, mashallah. And Sheikh Umar is an older brother to all of all of us. And um, you know, may Allah bless him and uh, yourself and Sheikh Abdul Mufti Abdul Rahman. Uh, Sheikh, let me ask you a question, Sheikh. Um, how do you balance this this concept of the Prophet Sallallahu being? but also mutawasul ahzan. Like, how 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 did that work? You know, like how can you always be some form of you have some form of sadness, but always be smiling? Uh, you know, can, can you just shed some light on that? Because I think that would really help us. Uh, you guys, you guys messed me up, man. <laughs> uh. Sheikh uh, Muhammad al-Shanawi Abu Abad, I remember when he first shared uh, something he read from Imam Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah was talking about Qubayl uh, ibn Ayyad rahimahullah and the loss of his uh, son when his son died. And he was, uh, you know, they, they said killed by the Qur'an in the sense that his son passed away praying behind Fulayl, uh, behind his father. And Fulayl uh, was very hurt by, you know, the fact that his son passed away when, when he was leading the Salah. And, um, you know, at the Janazah, he was, he was smiling. Everyone knew how much he loved his son. He was smiling. And, um, you know, someone asked him about why he had such a big smile on his face. And, and he, he, he basically, you know, to paraphrase... Um, you know, he said he wanted to show, he wanted to suppress his emotion. He wanted to show his rila, his please, his being pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, cut back to the scene of the Prophet when his kids die. We see a Prophet who's crying. Um, Rasulullah sitting in the grave to receive the, the bodies of his brothers, one by one, six children. And, um, you know, the way that Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, Shaykh described that, again, paraphrasing, he said that 
you know, because if you see the two exteriors, uh, which one is more pleased with the decree of Allah Azza And you might think, you know, just on, on at face value that it was Fulaid, not the Prophet or Fulaid was more pleased. If you see two people, one smiling and one crying, you might think that. But the way that Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala uh, brought it back together was to say that the Prophet was able to combine two emotions in his heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the rida with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree and the mercy that he had for his child. And that was the most perfect response and that the Prophet never in the supreme mercy and grief that he had over his love for his children did not contradict his being pleased with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Fulayl rahimahullah ta'ala basically could not choose between the two emotions. So he chose the more uh, the, 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 the more pleasing emotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that moment because uh, he was not able to combine the way the Prophet was able to combine. He was afraid that if he, if he gave weight to the mercy and in his heart for his son, and the love that he had for his son, that it would overtake him and he might depart from being pleased with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet sallallahu is perfection in every way, and his perfection was that he was always smiling, alayhi salatu wasalam, even in pain. But he cried, he loved his children, he loved his grandchildren. He suffered a lot, alayhi salatu wasalam. He suffered a lot. Can you imagine, you know, subhanAllah, empaths suffer in this world because they give so much of themselves to their loved ones. And so when their loved ones hurt, and even worse, when their loved ones die, a part of them dies. Uh, who's a greater empath than the Prophet uh, If that's how he is with the believers, and if he felt sadness over his enemies as describing himself standing in front of a fire, trying to catch people as they're jumping into the fire, holding on to their waist belts, and they're fleeing from his hands. Imagine what it was like for the Prophet to bury Khadija anha. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine uh, burying his children one by one by one, right? I just cannot imagine what he felt, but the thing is that the Prophet was perfection, so his emotions were perfect. Or the way he channeled his emotions were perfect. So the mercy he had in his heart, <clears throat> he combined with complete pleasure in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Pleasure with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's something we should strive for. So we should not feel bad when we're overcome by emotion and and, and love and um you know and, and the pain that we feel when we lose our uh, loved ones. So long as we don't descend into la naqulu illa ma yurdillah. So as long as we're saying Alhamdulillah, as long as we're showing pleasure with Allah's decree, uh, it's rahmah that Allah put in our hearts that um, we would be afraid if we started to lose that, right? So um, yeah, that's our messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to see his smile in person and to allow us to be gathered with him, alayhi salatu wasalam. I mean, I mean, Sheikh Omar, thank you so much. You know, the thing is, Mufti Dohab, the first day he went back to school to teach at the at MI, um, he comes back and um, it was too hard for him. He just, I had to hug him, give him a tight hug. And, uh, and he's, because he was a brother and then he was a co worker, right? He was his employee. 
and, and they worked together. They were brothers. So every room, every inch, he died half a mile away from home, rahmatullah The streets, the school, the students, just reflection, reflecting uh, Sheikh Abdul Rahim, rahmatullah And every time you go through that pain, Mufti Duhab, and we go through that pain, we make dua, Allah accepts, inshallah. And we make dua for someone, that's out, someone else that's going to be in pain. So Allah removes their pain also. You know? Imagine the people in Medina walking around after the death of the Prophet Like the saying of Anas that when the Prophet came to Medina, everything lit up. And then the day he died, it all kind of darkened. You know, it went dark. It'll put every other pain in perspective. Isn't that what Abuji said when when he called us? He said that um, there's no day that's ever going to be darker than the day that the Prophet ﷺ was taken from this world. So don't think that this day is dark. The day that's dark, the, the, the darkest day has already passed. This is light compared to that. Uh, and he reminded us about that as well. The Sheikh Omar was speaking about. Sorry to cut you off, Sheikh. Oh, uh, and that, that's why Bilal couldn't be in Medina anymore, right? Ghadan alqal ahibba Muhammadan wa sahba. Ghadan alqal ahibba Muhammadan wa sahba. He was passing away, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and you know, his wife said, Wah is not, oh, how sad I am, and he's dying in Hashem due to a pandemic plague, Amwas, uh, according to some of the narrations. And he's saying, Just say, Wa farha, what a great day, Ghadan al Muhammadan Muhammadan Tomorrow I get to meet the Prophet and his companions again. We cling on to that, you know, and mm-hmm. that's something that we have. You know, the mu'min had, you know, when the Prophet says, Ajaban li amr mu'min, how amazing is the affair of the believer? Um, and the Prophet describes the way that the believer responds to both hardship and ease, and he responds with hamd and shukur when something good happens, and he responds with hamd and sabr when something bad happens. And that's something that the Prophet said only the mu'min has. There's a closure about death, right? Anything else in life, um, right somehow it can be returned to you your health can be returned or there's some there can be a reduction but death is so final right as as regards to this dunya right there's such there there there's um, such a finality to it so what is you know what does that hadith look like with specific tragedies how does the mu'min respond to health a loss of health how does the mu'min respond to a loss of wealth how does the mu'min respond to the loss of a loved one and still find joy still finds certainty um and when it comes to the believer when they lose the loved one uh it is more than anything else that we know that this world is just a bump in the journey it's not it's not us we're not we're not here for this world this is a pit stop you know imagine like you're driving together on a highway taking a road trip and you got to a rest area and you were in two separate cars and your brother took off a few minutes before you, but you're still trying to go to the same destination. You're still looking to arrive at the same destination. It's just a pit stop, right? You're just stopping at a rest area. This is what this dunya is. What is this dunya in regards to the entirety of our existence? It's a rest area. You come, you take a quick break, and then everyone gets back in their vehicle and moves on to the next one. We're all in different vehicles. The body is a vehicle. We're all in different vehicles, but the soul's ultimately arrive at one of two destinations. And Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah ta'ala, what was the verse that if he read it at night, he would uh, 
it was like a, a bird that would be splashed with water. His wife would make dua that he doesn't read it at night. A group in Jannah and a group in Hellfire. His wife would say, I would hope he would not read that first because it would almost be it. So if we are of the people of that destination of Al-Jannah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all amongst them. Allahumma ameen. And this was just a rest area. And we ask Allah to protect us from the other destination. Ameen. Ameen. Zakallah khair, Sheikh. But Jan, I think, you know, the topic that we had today was ensuring a good ending. How to ensure a good ending. And um, uh, as much as I don't think there's anything else in this world that I love speaking about more than my younger brother, rahimahullah. Uh, any chance that I can get, I think it's important for uh, for the crowd to also get some benefit in regards to um, what are some tips of how we can, you know, the Khayr al Khatima, you know, how to have a good ending. Alhamdulillah, Allah blessed him with an ending that I, I you know, I wish it was me. Um, I wish I served my mother like him and taught like him. But how can people like us that are still alive? Try our best to give ourselves the best chance. I mean, you don't go into um, the playoffs knowing that you're going to win. You go in the playoffs uh, hoping that you have the best chance to win. You know, so because you practice and you you know spend nights in the gym, how do we give ourselves the best chance, Sheikh? Um, and Vision, of course, you should you can answer. You should answer too. After. No, I think we have Sheikh Omar. We'll give we'll, both of us will step off. No, no, no. You guys, halas, you must. I can't give a lecture now. <laughs> you guys messed me up, man. There's no lecture. It's just let's just talk, inshallah. Uh, reflect together. Ida arad Allahu abdin khaira istamala. There's a hadith in Sunnah Tirmidhi that if Allah wants good, it's narrated by Anas ibn Malik radiAllahu taala anhu, and it's uh, all of the ruwat of the hadith are Hanabi up to Imam Ahmad rahimahullah taala. Wow. So it's a so it's a little uh, madhab competition here, but it's a beautiful hadith uh, from Anas radiAllahu taala anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned that if Allah subhanahu wa taala wants good for a servant, he istamala. And and you know the, the the literal translation of that hadith is to, is a difficult one because you know he uses him or he puts him in amal, he puts him to action, puts him to use. So they asked the Prophet sallallahu and how. How does he do that? How? How does he do that? And the Prophet mentions that uh, he opens the door for a good deed right before his death. Allah Akbar. Yani, it, is, it is such a beautiful, beautiful hadith. Yani, uh, right? And that's the thing. Any amal salih that you do is tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is Allah azza wa jal blessing you with that? Allah just guides him to a good deed right before his death. SubhanAllah. So it's like it's as if Allah like delays that person just another hour to place him to do a good deed and then takes him to that. So that the person dies on that good deed. And it could, you know, and, and that's that's just, you know, when you think about Again, what a perfect morning. <laughs> Teach Quran, go pick up medicine for your mom. Uh, teaching the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the best of you are those who learn the Quran and teach it. And then Jannah is at the feet of your mother. And so go, you know, to, 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 to die in the service of your mother. It's such an ordinary deed, but what a deed to die on. And the way that that, that there's two things here. Uh, here, Allahu 
Allah wanted good for that person. So Allah gave him tawfiq. Now, here's the thing. You don't do any amal salih. None of us do any amal salih, any good deed, except that it's tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, including the ability to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hamd is tawfiq. Is, you know, the fact that Allah allows you to praise him is something that he should be praised for because that is tawfiq. That's being allowed to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is guiding you to say hamd. Uh, you know, that's the, the, what Umar radiallahu anhu said about dua, right? That uh, I don't, I just, I don't think about the answer to the dua. I just think about, I don't have hamd for the ijab. I don't have any concern for the answer. I just think about the ability to do so because if Allah gave you tawfiq to make dua, if Allah gave you success, the ability to make dua, that means Allah wants to give you something. SubhanAllah. is in and of itself something to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. And so with this hadith, Allah guides you to a good deed right before he takes you away. There are two things here. Number one, your regularity upon that good. Your sincere regularity upon that good. It would be delusion to wish for a good death if you're not living a good life. You can't have a good ending, and you know, and not and not care about a good life. You know, so it, it would just be delusion. Why would I think that I'm going to die on reading Quran if I barely touch it except in Ramadan? Why would I think I'm going to die in Salah if I rush through my five prayers, express Salah, and I don't pray any nafila? Why would I think I'm going to die in Dhikr if I don't say La ilaha illallah as a regular wird, as the Prophet ﷺ said, keep your tongue moist with La ilaha illallah. Why would I think I'm going to die saying La ilaha illallah, that Allah would give me tawfiq to say La ilaha illallah, al-qawl al that that, that, that that word in the last moments of my life, if I'm not saying it throughout my daily life? So there's a delusion there. If you're not doing the good deeds regularly that you want to die upon, there's a delusion there. May Allah protect us from it. That's ghurur. It's pure ghurur. And you know, subhanAllah, you think about teaching about Sayyidina Uthman, the one who died reading the Quran, right? Uh, and what did he say? If the hearts were pure, then it would never become, it would never quench its thirst of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, I hate that a day passes by that I don't, Look at a page of a mushaf. Do you think Uthman would pick up the Quran and look at it quickly and say, okay, I did it? Or would he read it regularly? Did he have a strong regimen, right? Some of the narrations of his fadal say twice a day, uh, or that he finished the entire Quran, amam al uh, that he finished it all in one rak'ah in front of the Ka'bah. He loved the Quran, and that's why Allah blesses him, that he's reading the Quran when he dies. Imagine his hand is cut and the blood is coming down. He sees his blood falling on the page of his mushaf. It's delusion to think that Allah will give you an ending doing something that you don't do regularly. Allah will suffice you in regards to them. As blood spilled right on that verse. So it's delusion to think that, that, that you will die doing something you don't do on a regular basis in your life. So what do you want the last day of your life to look like? Let that be tomorrow. What does tomorrow look like for you? If tomorrow comes, what does today look like for you? So, you know, La ilaha illallah, when the Prophet says, keep your mouth moist with La ilaha illallah, and all of the forms of La ilaha illallah, tahleed, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu, la sharika, lahu al-mulku, wa alhamdu, wa ala kulli shayin qadir, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka, inni kuntu min al-zalimeen, La ilaha illallah, al-aliyu al-azim, La ilaha illallah, to keep your tongue moist with dhikr, 
And then what's going to happen when death comes to you? Saying la ilaha illallah in your last moments is, is, is really heavy. It's really heavy. You know, the way my father-in-law would describe it, uh, you know, he, he always talked about it in regards to weights because uh, he's a sheikh, mashallah, and a bodybuilder. <laughs> so he always he a strong, strong, you know, man. And he would always talk about it in regards to weights. And he would, he'd actually use the example of the weights. Like, he's like, you know, if you tell someone to pick up 300 pounds and they don't work out, what's going to happen to them? They're going to collapse, throw your back out. You're not going to be able to do that. But if that person's so regular with the physical discipline, then it becomes, you know, second nature. So make dhikr a second nature. Make good your norm. I was thinking about the Quran, subhanAllah. And and wallah, and I'm, gonna, I'm challenging myself first and foremost. And by the way, to the mashayikh and to the tulab ilm, uh, if the only time we read the Quran is when we're doing it as part of class time, and the only time we read books of tazkiyah or read into the the aqwal as-salaf as-salih is to prepare something to teach, that's a problem. So reading the Quran for dhikr as a form of ibadah, even is very important reading your awrah the form of worship not just teaching them to your students or not just reciting them to your teacher reading them as a form of worship uh, and I was just thinking about this and, and this is a challenge and this is something that I want all of us to think about how many of us can relate to the experience of getting lost in comments on social media like you started reading comments and then you kept okay comment comment comment. I know I can relate to that experience. I've gotten lost in comments. So I'm not I'm not going to act like an angel here. Okay. I I've spent I there are times you spend a long time, right? Oh, this person said this. Let me go read all the replies and oh, I wonder what this person said and let me go get and you get lost in something or you get how many how many of us can relate to getting lost in watching videos. You started watching a YouTube video and then you got lost and you went down the hole, right? The algorithm catches you, you go next, 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 next. When's the last time you've been lost in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Lost in the sense that you were reading and you had a wirt for yourself and you said, this is just too beautiful, I'm too connected, let me keep reading. Let me keep going. When's the last time I got lost in the book of Allah? I'm not, I'm not putting this on the audience like this is some sort of... Uh, thing that I've got down. It's a challenge. It's something to think about. I was thinking about the statement of Uthman When's the last time you got lost in the book of Allah or lost in your du'a? You lost track of time because you were so into your du'a. You lost track of time because you were so into your dhikr. Those are the stations that we should strive for. Um, to where the regular, the, we, have, we have a regular regimen of good deeds that we wish to meet Allah Azza wa Jal upon. And the tawfiq of Allah, that, that he loves us and that he wants good for us, would be that Allah gives us tawfiq in those last moments. Extends you a little, a few hours to go do that last thing. Guides you to that last good deed. Guides you to be on the way to do something beautiful. You know, guides you to live another day for your sliyam that you die in fasting. A person was going to die. You know, my mother, may Allah have mercy on her, she died on Laylatul Jumu'ah. And I know that meant a lot to her, the hadith about dying on Jum'ah, right? Like, like guides you in a coma even to just survive just till the sunset of Thursday and you're in Laylatul Jum'ah and you receive the... I, I, I have husn in Allah that that was a gift to her because we prayed, we prayed janazah on my mother, Allah, Hamha after Jum'ah. It was Jum'ah and her janazah. Yeah, someone dies on Jum'ah, they're forgiven. Yeah, so I mean, they're the, the riwayat, the fala'al of being protected from adab al qabr. May Allah make us amongst them. Allah, I mean, so Allah guides you, gives you a little bit more, guides you, uh, guides a person to be on their way to Hajj. 
you know, and then to die in Hajj uh, or, or, or in, the, in, the, in the city of the Prophet These are all like major things that we would seek. You know, my favorite, um, so I mentioned I gave away like my, my favorite two nasheeds uh, or two, two nasheeds I, I love listening to. Farshi Turab and Hal Turana, Hal Taqi by Amina Qutub. Just beautiful nasheed. Qasha'id uh, that are, you know, that, that they'll just kind of play over and over again. Um, uh, there is this documentary about Sheikh Abdul Hamid Kishk, rahimahullah ta'ala, a great scholar in Masr. Passed away, I believe, in 1996. Um, and he died in sujood on Yom al Jum'ah. And he used to make dua to Allah, Allahumma ahini imama wa amitni imama. Oh Allah, let me live as an imam. Let me die as an imam. And let me be resurrected while I'm in a state of sujood. And how did he die? He died in a state of sujood. Yom al Um And if you, you watch, you know, there's just a powerful uh, clip. Uh, there's a documentary on him. Uh, it's the first if you search in Arabi, Abdul Hamid Kish, And I always just fast forward to the end of that documentary. <clears throat> to where they show like a person dying in sujood and then they have all these all of his colleagues and students talking about like how you hear his voice in the background and his because he'd say this in khutbas <laughs> it wasn't like this was like someone yeah, I mean, uh, this is some you know someone uh, transmitted this uh, from the Shaykh Rahimullah he would say this in his khutbas you hear it in his cassette tapes and I asked Allah, Allahumma ahini imama wa amitni imama. Like you hear it in his voice and you see the picture of a man, the, the scenes of a man that died in his sujood, uh, who had died in his sujood. It's like, yeah, Allah, what a beautiful death. Yeah, Allah, what a beautiful death. So he had sidq in his niyyah, truthfulness in his intention. So when you make dua in your sujood and you say, Oh Allah, grant me husn al-khitam. Oh Allah, grant me husn al-khitam. Oh Allah, grant me husn al-khitam. You ask Allah for a good ending. You're asking Allah for a good ending and you're doing it in sujood and you have sidq al-niyyah, you have a truthfulness in your heart. Right? So make dua for it and then live the way that you want to die. Live the way that you want to die. Um, th- there was an article that I wrote uh, that I wrote like a year ago or something. There was a death, death of a sister, Somali sister named Hudan, rahimahullah. She was a, a sister that was very active, mashallah, in Canada. Um, very active. And uh, when she died, it was just such a beautiful tribute, the way that people spoke about her, similar to Abdurrahim. You know, you look at the, um, the way that all of the testimonies line up. When you die, when you die, most people will say good things about you, even out of a sense of obligation. Right, and that's why you know I always thought about that hadith wajabat wajabat wajabat, where the Prophet saw two bodies come through. One body came past, and and the Sahaba uh, said good things about that person. And the Prophet said it has become mandatory. Another body passed through, and the, and, and the Sahaba said not so nice things about the person. And the Prophet said it became mandatory. So he said for the first one, it became mandatory for that person to enter Jannah by your testimony, and then the second one, it became mandatory to hellfire. Uh, because of the testimony of their abuse. And here's the thing about that. You have to have really hurt people for them to not even forgive you at the time of death. Like to not to, to not even be able to say nice things about you at your time of death. You really have had to be a zalim. 
you would have had to be a wrongdoer. You would have had to really hurt someone that they said, Alhamdulillah, you're gone. Because Al-Muslimu man saliman muslimun min lisanihi wa yadi. Man saliman nas min lisanihi wa yadi. Fi riwayah. That's also sahih. That a Muslim is the one who the Muslimin or the people feel safe from their tongue and from their hand. And so someone says, Alhamdulillah, that person's dead. Ya Allah. Alhamdulillah. Whether it was a tyrant in a grand scale or just a tyrant and and you know, I've by the way, I've you know, I, I've seen a woman who lost her husband. Can you imagine? And she was happy he was gone. Like, imagine, right? Like, how bad a person would have to be, how abusive, or how much of a lawdom a person would have to be, a wrongdoer a person would have to be, that the people would say, Alhamdulillah, they're gone. Most people, most people, when they die, people will say, Rahimahullah, good person, nice, always, you know, always this, always that, right? But then there's this next category. It's a special category. You know what that category is? That's when everyone is praising Ihsan, remembering a particular quality of Ihsan, of excellence. And that Ihsan, that excellence that they are remembering, uh, there is there's a, there's a consistency across all the testimonies. And then there's a consistency of all the testimonies of the, the people, of the goodness of that person. Like with Sheikh Abdul Rahim, Rahimahullah Taala, but then also there was uh, there was sincerity on the part of the person who showed that ihsan to everybody. Okay, so uh, there can't be a separation between those two things. So when you have sincerity that meets a good qu- good quality or good qualities to where the people all mention the same qualities. I heard there were how many I don't know how many people were at Janazah, the Janazah of Sheikh Abdul Rahim, but it was a lot of people. There were over two thousand people. Over two thousand people. Allah. I mean, I couldn't even see when I turned around. I mean, I I got I was held up to the graveyard, right? Because of all the par- cars in the parking lot, even right. It was just too many cars even trying to get to the grave. And I, I looked back and I said, Yeah, Allah, this is COVID. This is COVID era. And look at all these people. That showed up, and Alhamdulillah, we should clarify it wasn't a super spreader event. You know, that's a miracle from Allah Azza wa Jalla that it wasn't a super spreader event. I came home that day, I said, I definitely got COVID, <laughs> but it was just shuhada, and may Allah protect all of you guys. You get hugged by 2,000 people. Alhamdulillah, um, you know, and if, if you know, Canada, Canada, the border was closed. If the Canadians came, oh, man, it would have been another few thousand. And uh, but you came from so far, may Allah reward you. Like you said, it was just a t- when I saw the when I, I I told my brother a day before I said like, you guys need to have police and security. My brother's like, no, nah, it's not gonna be that many people coming. It's um, it's COVID. Sheikh Omar Sheikh Omar came down. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent him literally to take care of Sheikh Abdul Rahman. And 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 this is at the graveyard. Um, I think. My son is on the left of Mufti Abdul Rahman, and his son is on his right. Mm-hmm. Omar is holding him on his shoulder right there, and Abu Jundi, my beloved friend, um, mm-hmm. he's on right behind him, who's also giving shit. And Mufti Abdul Rahman surrounded by his students all around. And all of them are just crying. And Sheikh Omar is giving him so much comfort. And I it was so much. It was it was so much. It was so much. 
I mean, Shikhan probably doesn't remember this picture right here, but I remember this one. Um, this is when um when he came for the conference for the first time. Um, Abdul Rahim was also in his in his khidma. We assigned him because he's the best khidma in the world. He did, no one does better khidma than him. So we assigned him to be in charge of Sheikh Omar's khidma, and he's right there, as Sheikh Omar mentioned, always on the side, right? Always, always avoiding the camera. Uh, and Mufid Rahman with him, and Sheikh Umar, with his um, ever bright smile, mashallah. You know me, I'm always in the camera, right? And Abdul Rahim, <laughs> he's always in the end of the, he's always trying to hide, and he's he's being ignored even in the pictures. You know, majhulun fil ardu, ma'arufun fil sama. It just, inshallah, you know, the angels welcomed him with with a big celebration, big celebration. Um, <laughs> Um, you're right, Sheikh Omar. You, you know, the just um, and when the people came for the janazah, it's, I don't know, Sheikh. One of the shiuk said, Sheikh Abdullah, there was five thousand people. I was like, no, there's not five thousand. It was two thousand max, three thousand. And the duas that people made for him and the people that you know, till today, people are still making dua for him. I, I you know, Sheikh Omar, I was crying part more mostly because I was jealous, you know. That he had such a great uh, farewell in the sense that I didn't know he was this righteous. I didn't know he, I, a lot of the stories my brothers are telling me, my wife's telling me, and my my sister-in-laws are telling me, and they're and I'm hearing these stories like why why didn't anyone tell us this before? And he was doing all of this and just that story about the locker where I mentioned earlier and I he had a locker with the lock on the combination lock and it had the code. And he had the codes on the locker. And then his one of his friends said to him, why would you leave a code on the locker? And he said, just in case people are hungry, they have access to my locker. And I said, what type of heart does a person have like this? And then, you know, just always around his, his audios that we are going through. Now we're focusing on word by word. He's telling everyone, oh, I'm serving my mother. Um, I'm too busy for my mother. Um, I'm doing whatever I could do to make my brother happy. And I just like, man, like, I wish we were there just to, you know, hug him a little bit earlier and to tell him thank you so much for everything you've done. You know, as in my case, being the oldest brother and playing the father role for the family, it's been the, the an unbelievable. And I, you know, someone to ever ask, would you, would you do this for someone else, for someone else's family, or and it's, you know, like you know, I hope I never have to do it again for my brothers. But this is unbelievable, unbelievable, uh, you know, experience just. We were standing there, Sheikh Omar, with my brother, and everyone with my brothers who were standing there praying with us. It's just unbelievable. And I'm telling you, people don't know that, you know, it's COVID, but sometimes when you give comfort to people in these times, it's it's pain. I, I, you can't describe pain. It's just the emotions can't be described. But inshallah, uh, you know, like Prophet Sallallahu we only say what well, pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the heart aches and the eyes drip with tears. And we just, we, I told my brothers this earlier, after, like after the funeral, I said, Jannah has become personal. You know, Jannah has become personal. Sheikh Omar has been as personal because your mom is there. And of course, you have so many more friends that you're looking forward to seeing. I wish I had made Jannah more personal before. I swear to God, I would have earned so much more reward. But agenda is a personal venture now, and I just wish Allah can keep these these eyes open to the truth forever. You know, just in the hak of the, the truth and the, the 
And the inevitability of Akhirat can always remain in front of our eyes so we can be prepared for that day. And I was telling Sheikh Omar before this, I said, Sheikh Omar, you know, the fear is that we got to live that life to get there. <laughs> well, like, I mean, we got to live, you got to live it. We can't just die and go to dinner. We have to live this dunya. We have to fight the nafs. We have to fight the devil, the shaitan. Please our parents, please our friends, serve the community and just to do it sincerely, inshallah. And then Shaykh Omar said, you know, he said, he said one of my favorite hadith, man Allah anyone that asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Jannah three times, Allah madkhilufi. Oh Allah, this person asked to enter me three times. He's glad to grant him the path to enter Jannah. So Allah is Rahim, Kareem, Ra'uf, Wadud, He loves us. And, you know, and inshallah, you know, it's just, we ask Allah SWT to remove, uplift the pain of the Muslims around the world. To give my brothers, my family, sabr, and, and bless Sheikh Omar's family, give brothers and sisters, whoever is listening, to make dua for Sheikh Omar, his family, and relatives, has family members who are sick, that Allah give them shifa. If everyone here can definitely dua for Sheikh Omar's family, um, that there's uh, we have he has a very beloved member in his family that is not feeling well. That if we can make dua, that Allah gives him shifa and agil and mustamir and ya Rabbil alamin, agil and qarib and mustamir, Allah mushfihi shifa and agil and ya Rabbil alamin, as Allah alim, Rabbil ashr alim, and yashfihi shifa and ya Rabbil alamin, as Allah alim, Rabbil ashr alim, and yashfihi, as Allah Rabbil ashr alim, and yashfihi, Rabbil alamin. Um, you know, I, you know, brothers and sisters, I don't know, we we watch. Our, our scholars online, and uh, we don't see their emotions. You know, sometimes uh, you, you hear Sheikh Umar uh, every night on on Yaqeen. The work that Yaqeen is doing is revolutionary. It's transformed millions of people's lives. And the youth, the adults, all across the world. Um, uh, I wish I could I could take Sheikh Umar off because I'm praising, but I needed him to stay on the screen for the moment. Um, the work that Yaqeen is doing is unbelievable work. And you know, and uh, we are servants to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but Sheikh Umar lived in this world to serve humanity, whether it's the people who are incarcerated at the, the camps near New Mexico or Texas somewhere and who have been deprived of their parents in these camps and all people all across the world in New Zealand, going all the way to New Zealand just to give aza to the shuhada and the family members who were brutally killed on a Friday in a masjid to meet their families. It's unbelievable, man. I just, I just, I wish, you know, if one person like Sheikh Omar, inshallah, we ask Allah, give him life, barakah, afiyah, ifa, bless his wife, bless his children. And, um, you know, I remember being at his house, seeing uh, her, his children, you know, he has an Abdullah, you know, and, and he has these beautiful kids there. May Allah protect them, protect his family. And I can't imagine just the, the sometimes the negativity from the Muslim community. And then the negativity from the Islamophobes that come. People are so to understand that you know these imams, these shuyukh out there, they're putting their life on the line, their family at risk, their nights to serve the community, and 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 people think, oh, they have following and they have all this social media uh, following and stuff. Brothers and sisters, I tell you this, I tell you right now, I know Sheikh Omar, I know some of these people. <laughs> that doesn't really matter to them. What matters to them is to get this job done, and and I just, I just wait. People can uh, keep on praying for people like um, a doctor who I want to congratulate in front of everyone. May Allah bless you. You became a doctor, finished his PhD, you're doing all that he's doing. 
Allah bless you, um, uh, Dr. Sheikh Omar, with all the good that Allah has in his treasures, your family. Mufti uh, Abu you, may Allah bless you with strength, with courage, with the ability to serve the Ummah and give you the reward for the loss of our beloved brother. And uh, inshallah, you know, Allah is kareem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not put a burden upon someone that they can't bear. You know, and Sheikh um, Omar knows that. You know, he, he lost his beloved mother and he gave a talk um, at mass and at a convention about his beloved mother. It's a beautiful tribute to his mom. People should listen to it. I listened to it before multiple times. I mean, a person that loves his mother so much, got the dwarves of his mother, his father, and and now he's working by the dwarves of his wife, for sure. His wife, his wife is making dua for him and he's moving. The trend is moving. And so we're so blessed, you know. Um, what we can do for our people like Sheikh Omar, Sheikh Abdul Wahab, and people who are serving around the world, just make dua for them. Make dua for the families. And you know, try to just support the causes they're involved in, and that's how we get motiva motivation. Your prayers, your strength, which is so much is needed. So, Sheikh Omar, can you can you? I know you don't want to talk, and um, um, I was I was I was waiting for you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I almost left, I almost left this webinar, and I was just gonna text you. You know, I love you, but you're killing me, man. <laughs> Um, I think may Allah protect us. And um, I, I will say that just as you know, at the end of the day, when when we're when we're um, when we're in the grave, the thanat of people doesn't matter. So unless it's true of us, it's not. It doesn't matter. So um, may Allah protect us. You know, and we talk about Jannah, and you said you made it. Per we made it. Per we do make it personal, uh, and we don't stop fearing that we're not worthy. And we got to work to be worthy, and uh, the praise of people does not matter. And 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 I'll say this as well. Um, what 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 a miserable takeaway if a person who has their mother alive uh, sees that story, hears about how Abdurrahim Rahimullah was picking up medicine for his mother, always serving her every day and at night, and doesn't bother to call their mom. And serve their mom. Uh, what 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 a miserable way to to walk away from a story like that. Uh, we learn from the best of each other, and we seek forgiveness for ourselves and for each other for our shortcomings. We're not prophets. We are not infallible. We have mistakes. We have sins. We need Allah's forgiveness for ourselves and for each other. Uh, and so we have to make dua for makhfir. At the end of the day, no matter how good we might think a person is. Only Allah knows that person. Uh, so you have to uh, make sure, you know, again, it's it's two things here. And the way that you generate sincerity is private ibadah, personal ibadah. What's your personal regimen of worship? How many, how many, um, you know, I mean, looking at Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Umar, Uthman, Ali, uh, how many, uh, all the great stories we have of them, how many great stories does only Allah have? How many stories of Uthman Sadaqah does only Allah know that never made it to the to the history books, they, but they made it to his book of deeds? Oh my God. Any secret moments of Sadaqah. And so what's in our books? The books of history, the books that, you know, the news cycle is so, so quick now. We die, 
even the world moved on from Kobe Bryant eventually, right? Like, I mean, people, you die, people grieve you. And then the world moves on. And uh, the reality is that that's going to be all of us. The world will move on. And we and we get, we get so entrapped in our world. And we get so offended when people, you know, don't choose us or don't appreciate us. We get so engrossed into that. This, and this move, I mean... You go to the graveyard, you take your family, you take your wealth, you take your deeds. Two of them leave you at the graveyard. You guys can't sleep there. We can't go to the graveyard. We can't go to the grave with our loved ones. The only thing that remains is their deeds. The only thing that's going to remain with us is our amal. How many amal saliha? How many good deeds do we have that only Allah knows about? That's that's the, the secret ingredient is the secret good deed. Mm. How many good deeds are going to show up in the grave with a beautiful appearance and on your mizan on the day of judgment? That is only between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Because everything that you've been praised for Everything that people mention There's a potential that your niyyah was compromised Your sincerity was compromised Right? Everything And how many secret good deeds are going to show up in the grave And be like, I am your qiyam <laughs> I'm that secret charity you gave Because you felt a, a moment of softness in your heart And you just went online and just clicked hundred dollars to some charity in Gaza or wherever it is, Syria or Somalia, just a hundred dollars. Ya Allah, sadaqah to sir, it's just between me and you, Allah. I was feeling it. I was not a fundraiser. Your secret siyam. Um, those are things that 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 that's that's the storage you need to have, right? That's the that's the increase you need to have. Those are the amal that cannot be compromised because they've only been seen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No Facebook likes, no, no, not even your family. family. Read about the Salaf, right? They would hide their Qiyam even from their spouses. They would they would be they'll be sleeping on the same pillow, Mufti Sab. Mm-hmm. And the husband would be crying, and the wife would not even know the the husband is crying out of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He would, you know, some you know, sometime when in our culture, when someone wants to hide something from their wife, they turn their face out of the way and they use their phone, right? And they turn back, yeah, what, what are you saying, honey? The, the sadaf, like you were saying, the pious would turn their heads the other way into the dhikr of Allah and cry. And their spouse would not even know they were weeping under the love of Allah. Yeah, so when I read that, Allah Ta'ala, his wife would, would, would find the pillow wet, his side of the pillow wet. Who, Ta'ala. His wife would find the pillow wet from his tears. Uh, look, that's that's all. Like, that, that's, that's it. Uh, and, and by the way, that the the best thing about secret good deeds is that they cannot be compromised, and so you're still even with your secret good deeds, you're, you're depending on the mercy of Allah, not on the because you you don't want to develop the disease of ujb, mm. where you you know riya is to is to be seen to seek to be seen doing good deeds, ujb is to see yourself doing good deeds, and then oh. you say, Masha'Allah, look at me. You're saying, uh, I'm here praying Qiyam. 
I bet those other guys aren't praying Qiyam. I gave the secret sabakai, but they, if, if only they knew, what would they say about me? Forget about what they'd say about you. And just like, by the way, you the secret ingredient is the secret good deed, the killer is the secret sin. May Allah protect us. Of course, and, and Allah is so merciful to us that the Prophet said that Allah forgives the sins of the believer except for the ones they do jahar of, they publicize. What they both of, right? The, the sitr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the salaf said, Allahumma sturna bi sitrika al-jameel waj'al tahta sitrata ma tarda bi anna. Oh Allah, cover us with your beautiful cover and then place under the cover what is pleasing to you, oh Allah. So don't, so it's not just the, not publicizing your sin, but, but also what are the secret sins? You know, إِذَا مَا قَالَ لِي رَبِّي أَمَسْتَحْيَيْتَ تَعْصِينِي وَتُخْفِذْ ذَنْبَ عَنْ خَلْقِي وَبِلْعِصْيَانِ تَأْتِينِي If my Lord says to me, weren't you ashamed of disobeying me? You hide the sin from other people and then you bring it to me proudly when you're alone. إِذَا خَلَوْ بِمَحَارَمِ اللَّهِ When they're alone with the, with, with the prohibitions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These devices are poison. They're poison, right? There's so many ways for us to sin. So many ways for us to sin. So many, so many ways for us to sin. So... Fill up your jar of secret good deeds. Delete your secret sins. Delete your sins as much as you can. You know, we fear Allah as much as we can. Um, but we got to push ourselves, right? So the grave is a very lonely place. But nothing, you know, when you're in the, when you're in the grave, that's it. Like no one else's perception matters at that point. No one else's perception matters at that point. So store have a healthy storage of secret good deeds and be careful of being easy with secret sins. You know, like it's the, the don't publicize your sins mm. and you're going to fall. Um, you're going to fall. Right. And that's, that's natural. Seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at the same time, like don't become easy with it. Like, Oh, okay. Now it's, it's just, you know, I can get away with this now. Mm. <laughs> I can get away with this now, right? I can send this message. I can look at this. I can do this. I can do that. I can get away with it now. Um, so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for sincerity. Ask Allah for protection from hypocrisy. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us and to forgive al-mu'minina wal-mu'minat wal-muslimina wal-muslimat al-ahya'i minhum wal-amwat. Forgive the living and the deceased believers, past, present, future, and uh, you know, and that's something that that we owe, right? Keep on making du'a for people, make du'a for for, the, for their forgiveness. So we, how beautiful you're seeking forgiveness for generations of Muslims that have yet to come, and generations that have passed before. So keep making du'a for forgiveness for yourself and for your brothers and sisters. And we ask Allah for forgiveness for Sheikh Abdul Rahim, Rahimahullah Taala. Nahsabuhu Taala min al-Salihin. We see him. And then we have husn al-dhan in Allah that he be counted amongst the righteous and amongst the shuhada. But we never stop asking Allah, Ya Allah, forgive him and elevate him. And Ya Allah, forgive us and elevate us. I mean, um, uh, Sheikh Omar, you always your, your wise words, your soft-spoken style of, of convincing and giving us advice. Again, man, you already messed it up once. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Uh, Allah knows. I love you guys so much. And I hope the community there is showing you guys some love. Thank you. 
you love me that much and I come to Dallas after this COVID, you gonna give me some steak? Halal, halal barbecue it is, man. <laughs> no, we, 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 we have it here in this dunya, we're definitely gonna have some in Jannah, inshallah. But Sheikh Abdul inshallah. You want to just ask, you know, people normally when we come in, in the normal traditional way that we used to do these Friday night lives is we would always also always ask the shayukh about some not like personal questions but close enough, such as like, you know, what's what's your um, your favorite food? Um, off, man. <laughs> All right, ask Bismillah. I mean, Sheikh Abdullah can ask. We can go ahead. Well, how can't even ask a question right now? He's such a he's not in the state of mind. But um, um Sheikh Omar. I know his favorite football team, and, uh, and because when I was at his house, there's two things I could find in his office everywhere. Uh, it was uh, the New Orleans Saints, you know, and, uh, that's why he became a saint himself, mashallah. You know? and, and the other thing he had around him was Muhammad. I just crossed some, some, some flimsy aqidah lines there, man. I was saying, I was a different type of saint. I, know, I, don't know, I don't know how your viewers interpret my lines, but my viewers don't have any problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but um, yeah, he he's a big fan of the New Orleans Saints because he was an imam there. And are you originally from New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. And, I'm to New Orleans, I'm born and raised in New Orleans, obviously. So yeah, and so I know that he's a big fan of that, and also Muhammad Ali, Rahmatullah Ali. These, these are, and then of course we know his beautiful class on Malcolm X. These, these are the things that I know. Sheikh loves a lot about him. Um, other than that, Sheikh, can you tell us? Um, I don't know if you're, I don't know how public you are about this, but can you tell us your kids' names at least and how they're doing? Yeah, uh, so I'll actually share because um, uh, my oldest is me. Me, that's your mom's name. That's my mom's name, Allahyarhamha. So yeah. some people think I just named her. You know, it's one of those names you want to just give to people so they can uh, make it easy in society. No, May is her name, not because it's, it's a beautiful name, beautiful easy name. It's it's her name because I named her after my mother, Rahmatullah and I, I hope that, and, and mashallah, mashallah, she shares a lot of her qualities. Oh my God. So May is, May, May is uh, giving us a lot of comfort because uh, please make dua that she's from the Salihat. I mean, I mean, she has a lot of her qualities. Allah make her the coolness of your eyes. Um, when she meets your mother in Jannah, your mom's so proud of her. I mean, I mean, I mean. Um, and she never met her actually in person. Oh, no. She passed away uh, before she was born. My second is Abdullah, Abdullah ibn Umar. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. So my 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 hope is that he loves the Sunnah the way Abdullah ibn Umar loved the Sunnah. Uh, so Abdullah ibn Umar was, uh, and then our third one. So I'll share this with you guys. Um, I told my wife when we got married, I was like, "Look, please, the first two names, I gotta have them." You know, so I said me, I, and and you know, a lot of people want. A lot of people want their uh, their first to be a boy. I was like, yeah, Allah, I want a girl. I would have been happy with with, with anything that Allah gives. I was like, yeah, Allah, a girl, because I wanted so bad to have a girl I could name after my mom, right? Alhamdulillah, Allah gave me that. Alhamdulillah. I had the boy, right? And so I was like, please, I want a name. I want so badly to have a girl named after my mom. And if Allah blesses us with a boy, I want to have Abdullah ibn Umar so people can say, radiallahu anhum, right? Yeah. actually he, he would always he'd, he'd make that dua and then he'd laugh uh, he was actually here when, when Abdullah was born uh, in Dallas and so he, he would you know Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu an abi so he'd always say it so it was beautiful Umar, Sheikh Umar when I saw Abdullah ibn Umar I tell you this much he could beat up the devil 
He, he, he has energy. But there are a lot of holes in the walls because of him, too. You gotta calm, calm yeah, down. There'd be a lot of holes in the uh, strong, in <laughs> strong kids, man. He's a strong kid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the third one, right? So we had our third one, alhamdulillah. And I was like, hey, what do you think about Hafsa? You know, it'd be so cool. Omar has, you know, Abdullah and Hafsa. And it was like, we had like this whole thing. So my wife, my wife's number one was uh, Hidayah, Hafsa. So we were kind of like, then we, we both like had our, our list of three names. So number two on both of our lists was Khadija. Ooh. All right. So I have a special uh, love for Khadija, radiallahu ta'ala anha. And truly, when you visit her in Al-Mu'alla in Mecca, it's like visiting your mom. Like the, the feeling of visiting your mom, right? She's first of Ummahat al-Mu'mineen. So Allah blessed us with the baby girl, and we, we, we came to compromise, and we love uh, Khadija. And you, you're giving so many talks on Khadija, and they're so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, subhanAllah, how can you, how, how can you love, how can you not love her? <laughs> Revelation, so I mean, how can you not love her, right? The selflessness of Khadija, anha, the love of Khadija for our Prophet, you know, you know, when you love someone who, who, who took care of someone that's beloved to you, right? I mean, the comfort she brought to the Prophet ﷺ. What an amazing, amazing human being, an amazing woman. And truly, like, a lot of people don't go to Mu'alla, uh, to the graveyard in Mecca. It's not too far from the Haram, uh, where Khadija has buried. Um, and just to say, As-salamu alayki ya ummi. Uh, just go say salam to her. and to uh, Even if you're gazing at her grave from the street, um, if you can't go in, special. It's, it's a very special. More, what was that? The envious, the envious moment of my life is when Khadija wrapped the Prophet after Wahi. What a person she was, man. She just she wrapped the Prophet. So, so when you think about, you know, this, I think to bring it all back in terms of the topic, Allah did not gift her that for no reason, right? People, people live to people gain these special gifts from something that is beloved to them. And I hear Khadija crying in the background, by the way. Like, is that like, Khadija? That's Khadija. She's crying, yeah. They're talking about how strong Abdullah is. Abdullah always uh, knocks her over or something like that. <laughs> She's that feisty one-and-a-half-year-old running around, and then Abdullah will pick her up and throw her to the side or something like that. So it's been a problem with that. So. <laughs> may Allah reward you. Right? You know, my brother, Abdul Aziz, his wife is expecting in few few days, a few weeks, so he, he was all set to name his son Umar. Oh. All set if he has this. He doesn't know his, the, the child's gender, whether it's... If he hears me say this on live, he's going to get mad. So just pretend like you never heard it. You know, so he's exposed his his wife. Um, and he's like, they don't know the gender for some reason. They're, they don't want to find out. Um, so he said, if I have a son, I'm going to name him Umar. So he sounds Umar bin Abdul Aziz, right? The whole Umar bin Abdul Aziz goes there. In similar situation like yours, you know, your daughter comes to this world after your mother passed away, rahmatullah alayha, and you named him, you named your daughter after your beloved mother, rahimahullah. Sheikh Abdul Aziz is like, if I have a son, it's not in the, in the debate list, it's Abdul Rahim, rahimahullah, you know. Um, so I, so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, Sheikh Umar, like, can you say one thing about your mom that can be a lesson for us? I don't, we, we've gone past time. Just one thing that you remember the most about your mom. Quran, 
Quran. Uh, my mom, rahimahullah, did 14 khatams of the Quran her last Ramadan. So she would do half the Quran a day. Quran. I, I remember, you know, when you think about your, your uh, I, I remember my mom more in hijab, like in her salah clothes, than I do without her salah clothes. Because she was always wearing her salah clothes. When we were kids, we'd be frustrated because, like, she goes to pray the and it's like, uh, you know, like her salat al duha was like, like forty five minutes. <laughs> like that. So I remember my brother. You know, we were kids. My brother was like, "That's not even a real salah." You know, <laughs> it's not one of the five prayers. What's this salah you're doing at like, you know, eleven a.m. like forty five minutes? Come on, like, what's going on here? Uh, so her ibadah was special. Um, she generated that ibadah from how she dealt with trial. Her religiosity came out of the way that Allah tested her. She was tested so severely. She lived an extremely difficult life with health. Wow. Cancer, stroke after stroke, MS. I mean, you name it. Like there was, her health issues were just, and she was a fully healthy woman, subhanAllah. And then, you know, around uh, her late 20s, early 30s, everything just started going downhill. And so for the rest of her life was just test after test after test with her health. And the way that she allowed the test to drive her to ibadah was so beautiful. She found peace in that. You kind of find like comfort. Yeah. In fact, she, so my mother had a reputation for, um, you know, actually for smiling. Subhanallah. My mother, Allah, was always, always, always smiling. Always smiling. Always smiling. Shit, shit. I gotta, you definitely inherited that, Sheikh. Like, not, not, not like hers. Not like hers. And um, she was, you know, she used to she used to go and like all these stories about how she would uh, go and like take care of people in the corner and stuff like that. You know, like she'd always make it a point to try to like make people feel welcome in the masjid and stuff like that. So she had a very kind, welcoming spirit. And one of the things about her was that one of her strokes took her, made her partially deaf. And um, so she couldn't hear unless you were like really, really close to her. And you had to repeat yourself loudly a few times for her to hear. This was for the last few years of her life, several years of her life, actually, probably the last decade of her life was that, right? So partially deaf. So she'd sit in the gathering and she would smile and she'd do her dhikr and her tasbih and she wouldn't hear like anything really happening in the gathering. So she's going to these women's gatherings and to these gatherings in different places. And, you know, she just sit there and smile, say salam to people. And she couldn't really hear what was being said. And she would actually say, she would say, Alhamdulillah, Allah spared me from the backbiting and the gossip. Because like, you know, uh, you know, a story of parents of Imam Hanif, right? The, the mother about being deaf to what what is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and blind to what's displeasing to Allah. She doesn't use her ears for, for, for listening to riba, listening to those things. And she would just say, Alhamdulillah for... I can't hear what they're saying. And she used to tell me, subhanAllah, she used to say, she said, you know, when people backbite, uh, you can see the darkness in their faces. Like you see, you see a smirk, you see it, you see a nastiness. You know, when we look, if we, if we really paid attention to ourselves when we're doing sins, you know, we talk about the narrations of the salaf about the smell of, of uh, sins, you know, and like if, if uh, there's so many of those narrations, right, about the scent of sin. And subhanAllah, like if you actually look at a person, if we look at ourselves, forget about other people. If we were to think about how we look when we're about to say something qabih, <laughs> you know, and tear into our brothers and sisters and things of that sort. Like, I think there is a darkness that overcomes us. But when you say something good, then there's a goodness that overcomes you. Those are how he would say, like, I could be sitting in a gathering and I could tell 
when it went to a certain level, like when people started talking about someone else, because you see it in the faces of the people. Wow. And she would say, Alhamdulillah, Allah spared me. So she'd just be sitting in a gathering making dhikr, smile, hug everyone, say salam to people, but she wouldn't, she couldn't hear unless someone was projecting really loud. And uh, she also had a hard time being understood. So my mom would have to repeat herself a few times, especially if you didn't know her. And that can be frustrating. Um, but subhanAllah, like her Quran, and, and you know, this is people with disabilities, right? Like if you see someone who has autism, but the way they stare at the at the Kaaba, it's, it's a beautiful sight. It's a beautiful sight. And you're like, what is, maybe that person's severe autism can't express what they're feeling. But there is something, you can just see the transformation. You see something happening to them in their face, in the Umrah or Hajj or whatever it is. Uh, you know, my mom, Allah because of her speech uh, issues due to her strokes, her tajweed, her Quran might be incomprehensible to someone that doesn't know her, right? Is listening to her. You don't know what surah she's reading. But I'm like, Allah knows. See her go through the pages of her mushaf. And, you know, a, a beat up mushaf. You know, a, a, a mushaf that's really, really... The pages have been turned so much. Those are the mushafs that you want to have, right? That's the mushaf that you want to see on the Day of Judgment. A mushaf where the pages are all over the place. It's like this big because of how many times the pages have been turned and how crumbled they got. So that's her, Quran, Quran, Quran. Lots of love for the Quran. And Ibtila drove her to the Quran. So let's let our Ibtila drive us to the Quran. And I think it's beautiful, by the way, that the scholarship in, uh, in, in Abdul Rahim's name, subhanAllah, he doesn't leave behind a widow or children. He leaves behind the mushaf that he's not going to be able to read anymore in this life. He leaves behind the Qur'an and the students he would teach the Qur'an. So how beautiful that he's honored with Sadaqah Jariyah in the Qur'an. يَجْعَلَنَا جَمِيعًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْقُرْآنِ I mean, I mean, I want to thank um, Sheikh Omar so much. I want to Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to lighten your mom's grave with nur, with barakah, and, you know, elevate her status in everything that you do, your your siblings do, your children do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that sadqa jariya for her. Give your father barakah and health in his life and strength. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to take work from you and your family for many more decades with afiyah, inshallah. Um, we are so grateful to you, Shaykh, that you joined us tonight. And I said this earlier, we were so grateful to you for visiting us for our brother's funeral. Um, you've always been there for us personally, for me, my brothers, uh, for Miftah, uh, for our family, for Flint, where my community is. We're so grateful for everything that you do, Sheikh. May Allah bless you. May Allah preserve you. And if everyone here on the chat can say, Jazakumullah to Sheikh Omar. Um, I apologize uh, for making it emotional, Sheikh, but it's just, I, I didn't plan it, honestly. I apologize. But um, Sheikh, we'll have a better session one day where we can, we can make some light-hearted jokes. But honestly, this is what I needed. Honestly, you gave me therapy. You gave me comfort. You gave all of us comfort. You gave my brothers comfort. You gave all the listeners comfort. It was therapeutic. And may Allah give us the sincerity that you were talking about that make everything that we're doing um, Thank you so much, Sheikh Omar. I, I will see you again soon. Please keep us in your duas. We miss you so much. Assalamu alaikum. Um, brothers, brothers and sisters, I just want to, uh, before we conclude, I, I wanted to uh, remind everyone, inshallah, that there is still a launch that is going on for Mufti uh, Sheikh Abdul Rahim. Uh, we will share a link here 
um, that's going to be on uh, the chat. If you want to support the Hafath Fund, it's going to go in his legacy. Please go ahead and, uh, and join us and be part of the, the, the Sadqa Jariya for him. Um, also, I wanted to just mention that inshallah in end of December, um, I will be teaching a Sira intensive. So every single December I teach for the past three, four years, I've had the honor to not teach, more like study and go over the Prophet Sira. And it's been uh, mainly for the Midwest. People from Pennsylvania and New York have also joined uh, from uh, Wisconsin and uh, Missouri and Illinois and Indiana and all across states nearby. We've had people come from Vancouver and other parts of uh, Canada. Um, so we're going to have the Sira intensive. It's seven days long. And uh, the link is also, the website link is also going to be shared here. And we want all of you brothers and sisters to be part of it. I was speaking to this, uh, I was speaking to Sheikh Abdurrahim before he passed away. He said, we were like, how are we going to have the Sira intensive? And I said, my goal this year is to get 3,000 people. And then Mufti Abdullah smiled at me. He said 3,000 people online. We used to get 300 people in person. Last year, we got 300 people in person, six days, dedicated their time, six, seven hours a day uh, to say the Sira. Uh, this year we will have in person an auditorium that's capacity for 1600 people, but we have minimum uh, uh, limited spots up to 150 to 200 people will join in person. The first 150 to register for in person will get in person access with social distancing, inshallah. And the rest is online. We have uh, we have our own curriculum. We have uh, a student um, a study book. We have our quizzes. It's really interactive studying the entire seat of the Prophet in your winter break. Many of us doing COVID might not be traveling this December. Uh, why not jo join us for the Sira intensive? Uh, so it's going to be online this year. And this is the first time we're doing it online. I'm not saying this will be the last time, but because of COVID, we're, uh, we're are in a situation that we have to provide that class online. You will register for it. You'll have your family, your, your children uh, can join and Learning the seal of the Prophet ﷺ, we talked about the Prophet ﷺ so much today, um, and we, uh, we heard the beautiful nasheed of the Prophet ﷺ. So I humbly request if you brothers and sisters can join us, if you want to fly into Michigan or live in Michigan, you want to join us in person, we have limited spots. Uh, registration is on, the website is uh, up, uh, the link will be shared on the on the chat. And if inshallah, if you want to join us online, you can join us online. There is a link, it's called miftahsira.org. Please go on to miftasira.org and uh, join uh, the Sira Intensive. And uh, you're going to love it. Anyone that has enjoyed And if you can't join us here, inshallah, if Qalam is providing one in Dallas, Sheikh Abdul Nasser, join his. And he does a better job. That's the fact. Sheikh Abdul Nasser Jangda, who teaches Sira and he's a senior in teaching Sira for so many years in Dallas. I love his Sira. I love the way he teaches. So if you're from the Texas area and you have access to in-person uh, with Sheikh Abdul Nasser. I love him so much. You can join him there. And um, if you want to come by and, and, and join me, you get some humor. Sheikh Abdul Nasser has humor too. He's he's all around, mashallah, Sheikh Abdul Nasser. What a talented person he is. May Allah bless him, preserve him. So you can go to Sheikh Abdul Nasser. May Allah protect him. You can come here. You have two beautiful programs in, in America that provide the Sira Intensive. And we have ours here in Michigan. So please join us also uh, this uh, winter. Uh, it's December 20th to December 26th. December 20th to December 26th. Please, please join 
Um, again, like I said, it's an opportunity. You can join online or you can join in person. May Allah bless you all. May Allah protect you. May Allah preserve you. And thank you for your du'as. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.